Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to Don't Fuck With Ghosts, the podcast about all things haunted, spooky, and supernatural. Today, we have a very special guest. Welcome back to Nikki Fisher. Hello, fellow people. <laughs> fellow supernatural fiend and friend of the pod. If you've been listening since the beginning, you would know she was on our Halloween special last year, yes. which feels like so long ago, but also not that long ago. It's kind of insane. <laughs> it's crazy, but I am so happy that it's finally feeling like fall around here. Oh, I know. Oh my God. I was just telling Nikki <sighs> that I was spending my morning on my balcony. It was gloomy and rainy and I had my tea and a spooky book and it was perfection. Yeah. Stephen King is perfect to read around this type of <sighs> year. Yeah. I've been really wanting to start getting into Stephen King, specifically it, because I feel like that's just like a banger that you got to start yeah. with. Even though it's super long, I've heard that it's like a page turner. Yeah. It, I mean, he has so many good ones, right? That just really kind of gets you yeah. in the mood for yeah. a spooky season. So Yeah. But I've mentioned this before when we've talked about Sad Girl Book Club and that if I've started a book, I have to finish it, even if I'm not like really loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And right now I'm on the last installment of the conjuring book series house of darkness house of light mm -hmm. and right now i'm like a little over my halfway through with it but because it's a memoir it's very like back and forth and all of the like the juicy good mm -hmm. haunting encounters were in the first two books especially like all of the stuff that happened with ed and lorraine warren so now i'm like kind of ready for the and like they just left the house so i'm like where does it go from here they're gone from the house now like right yeah. and i still have like 100 pages left and like huh. um what so if I'm, it what if it follows them that's true because like i the the mom was the one who really wanted to leave mm -hmm. she was like if i spend another winter at this house i'm going to die mm -hmm. and she moved the whole family down to georgia uh -huh. and the author is who's the oldest daughter is basically like we thought it was gonna be like a quiet peaceful Aww. respite and it wasn't and i was like oh no what does that mean oh god uh, but yeah. yeah you'll have to tell me how it goes i will i'll we'll do an update on sad girl book club once i finish it <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway sorry to go on a tangent really quick but bringing it back obviously greer is not here right now we had taken a break basically for most of this month because she went on a much deserved trip to Thailand with her yes. cousin and it looked amazing. They did all this super cool stuff that she will talk about more when she comes back on the pod for the next episode, but it looked absolutely fantastic. And I, I'm seeing her on Thursday and so I'll get a full rundown and I'm very excited. She was there for like what? She two was, weeks? Yeah, for two weeks, but I, it feels like I haven't seen her in so long. And the last time we recorded an episode together was before I went to the beach. Oh my God. Which was so long ago. Yeah. So I'm excited to see her again. Um, but I wanted to get an episode out for the, mm -hmm. some at least one this month. Yeah. So Nikki very kindly um, agreed to do an episode with me. Always. So what are your plans for spooky season that you're going to do this year? So, well, to kick it off is the Supernatural Convention that we're going to. Yes, of course. Because that's at the end of this month. Yes. So um, the start of October. And you've been to how many of these conventions now? This will be my third Wow. So I've done two already, and this will be my third one. But oh it's been gosh. a hot minute since I've been to the last one. I was back what, in did college. college. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Which was, oh, it was probably like seven, eight years ago now. Yeah. So it's so been a second. For those who haven't listened to the Halloween episode from last year and don't know much about Nikki and our friendship, we bond over the show Supernatural as well as, you know our mutual belief in ghosts and all yes. that jazz, which is why she's come on this pod already and why she's back. Um, but you actually started a supernatural club yes. at, at your college. Yeah. I, oh I'm an alum of Kent state university and, uh, up in Ohio. And basically to make friends, I wanted to find like-minded people like myself who also believed in the supernatural and also really liked the show. And, um, I used to watch it with my mom, so I kind of felt homesick, and that was a way to kind of bring yeah. home to me. Oh. And so uh, we had consistently probably about 50 people every year be part of the club, um, and we just kind of took turns watching episodes, like our favorites. We did supernatural-type activities. Like, uh, we we did... Um, 
we played tag in the woods basically one time, but called it like, you know, it was basically playing zombie if you ever played that when you were younger. (laughs) So someone would get infected and you didn't know who was infected until like right before. And so you had to run away from them when you found out they were infected. Otherwise, if you got infected, then you started to spread the virus. But it was based off of for Supernatural. We called it Don't Catch Croatoan. Because there was an episode that essentially like was plague esque that would turn people into zombies. So we did stuff like that. Also, secret uh, Satan instead of Santa. And we did a holiday exchange, um, oh God, and then we, so and then we always did like a Halloween costume contests around that time as well. So yeah. it was just such a grand time. Oh man! Um, but it was, I, you know, I was so uh, into the show that I decided to go to a convention with my mom the first time. Well, both times with my mom because we're both real heavy nerds in it, but. She and I went twice, once when I was maybe my senior year of high school and then uh, sophomore, junior year of college. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. And now they're finally coming to where we live now. Yes. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, who would have thunk? <laughs> well, and it's funny because both times that I've seen them, it was here. Really? Yeah, I was here. So they come here pretty often. Oh, wow. I yeah. Mean, yeah, like I it's, it's part of the rotation. Yeah. Um, they have kind of more famous places that they go to, but sure. th- this one is on the path. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think they go more north than this. Besides really? Not New York or anything? No. Wow. Yeah, so that's why I think this is like the furthest. Wow. Well, yeah. I feel so special. Yeah. And I also didn't realize that the Vampire Diaries crew is coming the week before. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> and you're just like, I did not get what? tickets for that one. <laughs> nah. But, because that would be way too much money. <laughs> so much money. Yeah. But, but, I but am, they'll come back, yeah, too. I'm Although, sure. I, I don't see them as often in D.C. as uh, okay. the boys. So, But they're, they're like, they do in Georgia and North Carolina. Yeah, they go to Georgia a lot. New Orleans. So, like, there's plenty of, like, East Coast cities that you can get through. Okay. Wow. Well, there you go. So that's how we're kicking off spooky season. Yes. And then the first weekend in October, I, my friend, my best friend from college, who is the one I also bonded with over Supernatural, yes. she's visiting because she has a wedding she's going to around somewhere in Virginia. Um, and I also have a wedding that weekend and Greer also has a wedding that weekend. Oh my God. That is the long weekend in October and there's so many weddings going on. Uh, yeah. I'll be in North Carolina. Asheville. Yeah. First time. <gasps> I've never oh, been. Oh my God. My older brother used to live in Asheville and I never went and visited him and I'm so sad about it. I will let you know how it goes. I got a lot Are of Are you going to go to the, what's it called? The Biltmore? The- I'm going to try to convince the group. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going with my girlfriends, college friends. So okay. hopefully they'll be wanting to go to the Biltmore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, at minimum, I at least get to experience the autumn yeah. you know, oh, season. That's going to be so beautiful. Um, this girl that I follow on YouTube actually relatively recently and she does like cottage core and oh, yes. her fall content is amazing. Darling Desi, if you've heard of her and her and her husband recently went to this cabin in the woods out and outside of Asheville and it looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah. We're like, like, oh my God, in the fall we, time. Hoo-wee. I was going to say, yeah, we rented like a chateau. So we're kind of going the oh, same vibe. So I'm very, awesome. very excited. Yeah. So Yep, and then but we, so you have a wedding. I've got all a, of you have a wedding. We, yeah, different weddings, but we all have <laughs> weddings. And but I'm gonna have good quality friend time and probably do like a fall movie night. And then the weekend after is Friday the 13th in October, and we're yes. doing our Markoffs trip annual. And then Ren Fair the next day, and yes, you're going. Yes, you'll be there. And I am gonna be wearing a Sarah Sanderson costume, but it came in the mail yesterday or two mm-hmm. days ago, and the top of it is like a corset and it would not go over my shoulders oh no so it's too tiny it was too small so i sized up but i'm like i couldn't even get that over my shoulders i'm like is one size gonna be enough mm. <laughs> i don't know we'll see so i'm hoping it works out because i really like and, it and you're trying to like um you know you adjusted the straps and all that kind of stuff yeah it's like you could untie the straps but the corset it doesn't like come apart it's like oh. sewed in place and you can tighten it oh but it, that's not as loose as it comes is about as loose as it gets that's not there's a-, a zipper on the side but like 
it only wind it only like it didn't unzip at the bottom like it unzipped all the way but then wouldn't come apart you know like it came to the bottom but like it sounds like a janky corset it was spirit halloween brand yeah that okay but it was over a hundred dollars dude no you might (laughs) here's the thing you are better off probably going to a lingerie store and getting a corset that's actually going to fit you and like be better and just styling it so that way it looks looks like like part of the costume yeah Yeah, i mean the skirt was really great the skirt was nice and like hefty and if i don't even know who that person is what is sarah sanderson yeah from hocus pocus oh sarah jessica parker the blonde one oh oh, 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 oh. beautiful oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. Many costumes this year yeah yep and i got my sh- i'm being shigo for halloween i got that um so yeah I'm, oh, I'm looking at the spirit halloween uh yeah i could <laughs> see why that doesn't fit <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't know how restrictive the corset was going to be because it's hard to tell mm. um i should have read, read the comments though or like the reviews because a lot of them said size up it's really small mm. um well hopefully like I'm so you're, so you're trying a size up to see if, it works. Up. if that doesn't work then i'm just gonna try to either find a different brand yeah. one that's like cheaper and isn't like an actual corset yeah there's or yeah do i've gotten the some lingerie route i've gotten some one i've gotten some corsets from amazon mm-hmm. for ren Faire specifically yeah. that like didn't work for me but i think would work for you a hundred percent and like i think they were only 50 bucks so okay. it's they're not pink like yeah. sarah sanderson so you might have to do a little bit of digging more on that side but, i mean i don't have to I, like the cosplaying of Sarah Sanderson would have been fun, but it's like the vibe, the aesthetic, right? right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be purple, right? Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I'm hoping that works out because I'm so excited for Ren Fair. I think each year I've gone, this will be my third year going, yes. and each year I've gone, I've like stepped it up a little bit as far as costumes going. Have gone as and, you should, yeah. And you're a longtime veteran, and you always have amazing costumes. Yeah, <laughs> I've only uh, technically I've been going since 2019. 2020 it didn't run, so you're right. only like one year behind me, really, uh, yeah. as far as going. So, yeah. but yeah, I've collected. I have like an Outlander cosplay outfit, which you know obviously is a second favorite TV show of mine. Um, yeah. I have normal, like, pirate-type outfits, mm-hmm. um, yes. Classic. fairy princess, like, yeah. you know, fairy <laughs> princess, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I like to have variety, depending on how many times I go per year. This year, it'll be two. Okay, so you're just going one other time besides Yeah, and it'll be weekend. earlier. It'll be... Uh, the weekend before we go to convention. Oh, okay. And so then, next weekend. Yeah, I wow. know. It's kind of crazy. That's so fun. September has flown by. Yeah, it really has. I mean, good, um, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's also been weird because I've been in the transition of going to online grad school. Yeah. So it feel it's like it's gone fast, but at the same time, it's like just me, been me adjusting to this transition, which is also, I think, good timing with when Greer went on her trip. So I didn't have mm-hmm. to be doing like a whole bunch of different things because grad school is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an, it's been an interesting time, but I'm really excited for next month because I have so many plans. And then the weekend before Halloween weekend, I'm going to visit my brother and we're going apple picking. Nice. And the place that we're going to has a bull rock cidery. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they have like apple cider slushies and like apple cider donuts. so excited i can't i can't wait i honestly can't it's so sad because like well okay i i can be a little sad for not being able to celebrate fall season but i can't be too sad how excited are you to go to italy i'm very excited (laughs) (laughs) it's been five years since i've been there so i'm very excited because you studied abroad in florence Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's so cool so now i get to take uh my my mother and father were on a cruise at the end of my study abroad so they joined me in italy afterwards and we did a little bit of touring around yeah Uh, so i got to show them florence and then we were in rome and so the trip is kind of similar in the nature that like we're starting in florence and then ending in rome but we're doing a cruise this time so we're gonna not just be in italy we'll hit croatia and then we'll also do greece oh my god so (laughs) so i can't be really that upset about missing spooky season even though it's my favorite time of year and here this might be an unpopular opinion but i still celebrate fall in november yeah. I cel- celebrate fall until the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and that's why, like, Greer and I are going on our trip to Salem in the mm-hmm. second week this weekend of November. So it's still going to be very much fall for us. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget you're doing the Haunted Trail, right, too? Or did that get canceled? 
Yeah, I already talked about that. Oh, it's okay. the day we're doing it the day before Ren Fair. Oh, it's gonna be a busy weekend. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but that's gonna I'm, be so much fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll, you know, it's just getting through September to get to October. I know. And then by then I'll be like fully locked in my new routine and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, your uh, your project was really cool. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> talk about your project. If you follow us on Instagram, you might have seen this, but... You this, should do an actual <laughs> post so people can go back and reference, but... It's true. I'll add it to um, our story like yeah. reel on, on our bio, but basically I had an assignment for one of my classes uh, last week where they basically let us make a story map of whatever we wanted. And for those who aren't familiar, a story map is basically like a web based map, but you can like scroll through it and there can be pictures and descriptions. And then like, it can like automatically zoom to the part of the map you want to highlight. And that's what I'm going to grad school for. And they let us make a map of whatever we wanted. So of course I was like, I want to map ghosts somehow. And I was able to find data from like the past five decades of where in America people had reported ghost sightings. Sweet. And so I did that and I like put all these pictures of the most haunted places in America and like zoomed on in on them and the map. And it was so fun. Oh my God. And I was getting paid to do it. Exactly. Well, now it's a tool for reference for other people, too. So if they want to go to different spooky sites. Exactly. And now I need to go back and see if anyone commented on it because that's part of the assignment. It's like you have to comment on somebody's story. Yes. Yes. Everybody else is is doing like spread of infection or, you know, (sighs) probably something environmental or. political and i'm like like, over here like ghosts yeah (laughs) i'm like this that's fine like infections are so 2020 like can we talk about something else please environment is well actually no the other one i saw was um vaccination rates and i was like "Mm -hmm." oh yeah but 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 again yes probably a sad story for united states to be honest like actually vaccination vaccination rate it was specifically for the flu and they apparently went up in the in well between 2021 and 2022 oh good yeah oh that's good okay cool well yeah yeah i need to get mine well looping back to our supernatural fascination literally before we started um recording we watched an episode from the first season because it covered what we'll be discussing today which is the wendigo Mm -hmm. which i really only knew about from supernatural yeah and i i get i don't know how I came to this misunderstanding, but for like until I started doing research for today, I thought Wendigos and Skinwalkers were the same thing. They're not the same thing, and they are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are not the same thing. Yeah, they're similar, but of different veins. And I have yeah. like we can get into like the oh, nuances yeah. as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, of, like and I'm yeah I'm I took some notes, but I, I'm sure that you will fill in any gaps. Um, but I kind of wanted to start. We're gonna we're gonna do some or retell some encounters that I found on Reddit. Yes. But before we get into that, I'll just do a brief overview of the lore. So basically, a Wendigo is a myth- mythological creature or evil spirit originating from the folklore of the Plains and Great Lakes natives, specifically the Algonquin-speaking peoples. Based in and around the East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Plains region of the U.S., and the Great Lakes region of the U.S. and Canada. Often said to be a malevolent spirit, sometimes depicted as a creature with human-like characteristics, which possesses human beings. Or, as we learn in the Supernatural episode, originated as a human being and did something, which I will get into, that made them become a monster. Mm-hmm. Um. They are said to invoke feelings of insatiable greed or hunger, the desire to cannibalize other humans, and the propensity to commit murder. So they will eat people, and that, and then that will turn them into the monster because they are doing an evil act, yeah, basically. Yeah, and they obtain these, I don't want to say abilities, but like... And their abilities. They yeah. reference them as abilities in the show that essentially, yeah. like, they become... This invincible, immortal, um, strong yeah. monster. But their abilities are their curse because their hunger is never satisfied. Yeah. And so they keep eating and eating and eating. But they will never stop being hungry. Mm-hmm. 
In some representations, the Wendigo is described as a giant humanoid creature with a heart of ice. A foul stench or sudden unseasonable chill might precede its approach. The Wendigo got its name allegedly from modern psychiatry. It lends itself to a form of psychosis known as Wendigo psychosis, which is characterized by symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and an intense fear of becoming a cannibal. Oh, God. Yeah. God, what a terrible fear to have that you think you're going to eat somebody. Dahmer? <laughs> yeah, but he, I don't think it scared him. He liked no, it. No, <laughs> he did like it. Yeah. Ooh. That's like what you hear like when you're watching like Vampire Diaries or Twilight and then they become a vampire and they're like, oh, I'm so scared. I want to eat humans. I want to suck the blood. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. Um, strongly associated with winter, the North, coldness, famine, and starvation. The Wendigo is seen as the embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. Never satisfied after killing and consuming one person, they are constantly searching for new victims. And interestingly, possibly because of longtime identification by European Americans with their own myths about werewolves, Hollywood film representations often label human or beast hybrids featuring antlers or horns with the Wendigo name. But such mm-hmm. animal features do not appear in the original indigenous stories. Mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Like when you do a Wendigo search on Google, a lot of them have antlers, which yeah. it's, it's interesting because in Supernatural, there's no antlers. No. And um, there's, I'll, I'll get into kind of where we've seen it in other media and like all the other stuff I've seen has not had antlers. So yeah. So I don't know, I guess it originated with like people kind of cross-referencing legends of, like, Mm -hmm. European origin and then indigenous origin. Yeah. Um, Basil H. Johnston, an Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario, gave a description of a Wendigo. Quote, the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption, end quote. Yeah. I'd say that's a pretty yeah. uh, good description. I wouldn't want to run into one. No. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Um, but this kind of creature kind of spans a whole bunch of different cultures, specifically indigenous cultures. Mm-hmm. And a similar creature that I found was called a wachuge, which appears in mm-hmm. the legends of the Athabascan people of the Northwest Pacific Coast. Um, it, it, too, is cannibalistic. However, it is characterized as enlightened with ancestral insights. And then, of course, there are skinwalkers, which the legend originated in the Navajo culture. A skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. The Navajo word for skinwalker roughly translates to, by means of it, it goes on all fours. Mm. Navajo witches, including skinwalkers, represent the antithesis of Navajo culture and seen as evil, performing harmful ceremonies and manipulative magic and a perversion of the good work medicine people traditionally perform. The legend of the skinwalkers is not well understood as traditional Navajo people are reluctant to reveal skinwalker lore to non-Navajos or to discuss it at all with those they do not trust. And the main difference between Wendigos and skinwalkers is the primary aim behind the Wendigo is to identify human beings who can serve as their next meals, And that just isn't the case with skinwalkers. Skinwalkers are witches who strive to boost their reputations and powers via a vast assortment of harmful actions and occult activities in general. And now, do they, do they, I think they have a few episodes that involve skinwalkers and supernatural. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, but they kind of treat them as like shapeshifters. I was going to, like when they see somebody like has shed somebody's skin yeah that and, it's it's yeah. actual like it's gross and yeah. supernatural like they it's like looks like gloopy yeah their remains like <laughs> human skin is actually shedding yeah and that's how like supernatural depicts it um obviously skinwalkers it doesn't necessarily say it does that specifically um so it's interesting to see like the difference between skinwalker and shapeshifter but they use it kind of interchangeably yeah even though skinwalker is technically it's a witch who chooses it versus shapeshifters um in different types of lore uh someone could decide to change right 
But in Supernatural, it's depicted as they don't have a choice. They were born that way. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see the different variations of, yeah. well, can a shapeshifter choose to? Yeah. Because it seems like for the Skinwalker, it kind of seems like they're choosing to to do that because they're pursuing power in that skinwalking. Yeah. Now, what I thought was interesting that they talked about in the Supernatural episode is, and I'm I'm sure that they kind of took this creative liberty to ensure a hour-long episode, mm-hmm. um, but was the fact that Wendigos um, kept their prey and, like, you know, had a lair <laughs> and would just have them lying around for them whenever they wanted to eat them. Like a pantry. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I think it was kind of funny that they did it that way. But yeah. I, to be fair to them, like, it is something that apparently that's kind of how they operate. Like, reading really? some of the different wikis. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, it is okay. very specific in how they kind of continue to survive. Um, so, for example, there's uh, another popular media adaptation of the Wendigo is in the video game Until Dawn. I don't know if you've heard of it. It sounds familiar. Okay. So basically um, Until Dawn is a 2015 interactive drama horror video game developed by Supermassive Games and published uh, by Sony on the PS4. So you as a player, assume the control of eight young adults who then have to survive on Blackwood Mountain where their lives are threatened. It's a game that features a butterfly effect system. So players make choices that change the story and all playable characters can survive or die depending on the choices made. Players explore the environment from a third person perspective and find clues that help them solve what the mystery is. Oh my God. So it's I act, I've actually played the game and I am not a horror game person by any means. Like I was scared of shit playing yeah. this entire thing. Um, but it was a very intriguing game. Like if you're into kind of choosing your own adventure, mm-hmm. this was yeah. something that you save often. You have multiple save files depending on like where you wanted to make that decision and follow that path. Yeah. Right? If you didn't end up liking it, you just go back to the previous save and then like try the <laughs> other path, right? Wait, that's you, so funny. Yeah, like you kinda you kinda create your own little backlog, mm-hmm. so to speak, if there are certain situations you didn't want to see. Also, the completionist people would go through and sure. try all of the different options. Yeah, I would probably do that. So we waste a lot of time. <laughs> but basically, like these eight people, um, are in these woods, okay, and they go one year, and then the sister goes missing, and then someone else comes back. Uh, it's like two sisters go in the woods, and one of them only comes back. And she's like, oh, my God, I don't know what happened to my sister. And then you come out, um, and they all go out basically back to the lodge to try to, like, I guess be in memorial to her because they assumed that she was dead and like they couldn't find her and um they all kind of go through but they go end up trying to find or find the place like where hannah which is the main characters Mm -hmm. like initially found um and so i know (laughs) that dog sorry I know. Nikki's watching some dogs right now, and that dog sneeze sounded like a like a human sneeze, and it scared the shit out of me. Wendy goes in the house. Ah! <laughs> no. <laughs> but basically, um, all of this kind of stuff, like there, so there's something like there's other horror things in here. Mm-hmm. Like I will say, like there's multiple types of horror in this game. So it's I'm not going to spoil fun. it all. But something about horror video games freaks me out even more than like watching a horror movie because you really feel like you're in it. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like zombie games. Yeah. Well, oh and God. and again, like there's definitely like a lot of jump scares and you're just like, Oh my God, get me out of here. Like, I don't want to play this. I have so much anxiety, but they said that, um, in 1952, like in the game that there was a cave in and then that's how some of the Wendigos kind of came into, uh, hunting them. And so they try to figure out like, is it those ones? And then it ends up that Hannah is actually, 
a Wendigo. Ayo, what? Yeah. That's another thing that I wanted and to talk about. And she ate her sister oh to God. survive. That's so a, That's another thing I wanted to talk about as far as Wendigo lore is that in Supernatural and in some of the stories that we'll be discussing later is that the Wendigos were using other people's voices to lure their victims out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as time has gone on, like, the legend has grown and, you know, different asp- like different things will report different um, lore. But it was unclear to me. It's like, well, is that Skinwalker or is that a Wendigo? Because, you know... That is, like, more alongside the skinwalker. But then, like, like the Wendigo felt more, like, animalistic. Because, like, I just want to eat people. Right. But then they're, like, in the Supernatural episode, they're talking about how smart of a hunter it is. And, right. like, how it... And it was using human voices out. exactly to like lure it, them. Yeah, it mimicked... Uh, basically, in the Supernatural episode, it was, like, mimicking a, a cry for a human, like, saying, help, help yeah. me. Uh, and then they tried to go after it, and then really it stole their packs and, like, cut them off from communication and yeah. that a few times. And they figured out what it was, but it still ended up, like, obviously this thing, if it's there, it's going to come get you. So, yeah, it is interesting to see kind of the so, crossover. like, how long before this girl in the video game, how long was it before she realized her sister was a Wendigo? Well, so the... She ate her sister. Yeah. So both of them were in the mine. So uh-huh. I throughout the game, like Hannah is a playable character, one that you're interacting with. And you're mm-hmm. just like, man, I don't know. You know, like she's trying to still figure out this mystery and stuff. Mm. But I think like she kind of lures them up there from my understanding. It's been a while since I played oh, it. <laughs> but yeah, like she basically is like, oh, yeah, I'm giving myself food. And lures these eight players up there. You're my food. Yeah. And is, you know, so there's different ways that it ends, obviously. But, um, but basically one of the, one of the characters in there says, first the Wendigo, he'll render you immobile. And then he strips the skin off your entire body piece by piece. And then he keeps you alive and aware and feasts on your organs one piece at a time. Oh my God. So, it oh, spider-like limbs and tattered pale skin. Yeah. The Wendigo are rarely seen until they decide to pounce. Capable of incredible bursts of speed, they're able to keep pace and even outpace their opponents, seemingly without tiring their, emo- their motion-sensitive vision, allowing them to hone in on fleeing prey. Despite their frail appearance, they demonstrate demonstrate impressive physical strength and resilience proving tough enough to withstand a high caliber rifle shot to the skull and strong enough to crush a human skull with their bare hands they seem to favor brutal deliberate methods of killing their prey such as impaling them on hooks gouging out their eyes or even tearing their jaws off indicating that they're more sadistic than simple animalistic killers Mm. uh fortunately they're not unstoppable the same motion-sensitive eyes that allows them to track moving their prey function poorly in the face of stationary targets, which in the video game, there are moments when the Wendigo is in the same room, and when you're holding the controller, especially for the PS4, it's motion-sensed, so you have to hold it really still, and it makes you feel like you are just trying to, like, not, and it tracks your motions. Like, it'll show you on the screen, like, if you're moving too much, and then it'll come attack you if you are. Like, oh, it's gross. So, in Until Dawn, victims standing perfectly still may evade the Wendigo's notice entirely. As a stranger notes, which is a different character in Until Dawn, they also instinctively fear fire, recognizing it as the only weapon that can destroy their natural body armor. Flamethrowers, flare guns. Flare guns! I was gonna <laughs> and like in Supernatural, that's how yeah. Dean takes it out. Even makeshift explosives can all be used to bring down a Wendigo, though the stranger advises this should be a last resort as killing Wendigo releases its spirit into the air, allowing it to possess again. So in Until Dawn, it's not necessarily seen as its own corporeal creature right, like a, in Supernatural. Yeah. It is this Navajo, they call it Navajo, which we know it's, you know, not. Yeah. But, um... They call it this spirit that then possesses or embodies someone. So that spirit was in Hannah the entire time and didn't come out. It was dormant. Yes. Until she returned. Uh, 
That is so scary. Yeah. So it's... They say Wendigo behavior varies, though the stranger notes they adhere to certain patterns like any animal. One consistent pattern is their habit of screeching and screaming, usually as a means of frightening their prey into moving. Uh, It's interesting to note that they also have the ability to mimic human voices in order to trick their prey, though it is not known how the Wendigo accomplished this. So interesting in the video game that like they don't know why or how it does it, but in Supernatural... It very much is like, well, it was a human at some point, so it knows how to do that. Yeah. And in a sense, I guess any spirit could technically also be a human, so. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and it still possesses a few remnants of human intelligence, so they can outsmart and outmaneuver. Um, And it is also implied that Wendigo also retains some of their memories of their past life. Um, And then there's specifically, like notes from the until dawn like Mm -hmm. of where you can see kind of that come out so um it's just it's very very interesting to see um they say that it it comes from like the mountain and until dawn so it's clearly something to do with um you know they said great lakes and great plains Mm -hmm. and and supernatural it was interesting because sam and dean had made a note yeah yeah i i I wrote that in my notes too is that they acknowledge because that episode took place in colorado yeah and they were like yeah this is uh, they shouldn't be out this far west because they're usually in like michigan great plains yeah region yeah exactly or canada like they've never heard of their that one like yeah. so far out there so it's interesting this is just kind of like a generic you know oh in the mountains kind of thing and until right. dawn which is fair so yeah. but yeah of course now it's all of it's abandoned or empty forest that's sure. like weird and haunted and evil <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's a track uninhabited forest <laughs> i'm good just i like don't need to visit barren pines in new jersey yeah. home of the jersey devil Apparently, it's 1.1 million acres of uninhabited. What is? The barren pines in New Jersey. Oh, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that doing my project. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a, that's a huge amount of land. Yeah, Wait, yeah. and you can... We're, that's a different topic for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do a separate episode oh on God. that. <laughs> yeah. So, but... Um, so that we talked about uh, like a lot about the Wendigos, right? And mm-hmm. so it is interesting to see in lore how I feel like supernatural fans are huge about knowing the difference between Wendigos and skinwalkers and shapeshifters yeah. because there's so many different variations that they right. show in the monster of the week throughout the series right. that it's like, oh yeah, those are all different monsters, right? And so, but the average Joe like isn't going to know the difference, so they're yeah. easily compared mm-hmm. to different ones. So yeah. even even within shapeshifting, mm-hmm. you could technically consider a werewolf yeah. A shapeshifter. Yeah, I think shapeshifter is kind of all-encompassing for yeah. a whole bunch of different creatures and yeah. cryptids. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, if we were to map it out, like, would it be, like, shapeshifters as the umbrella and yeah. then all of them fall it's underneath It's like the Venn diagram. This? Right. <laughs> Exa- exactly. Like, where do they yeah. fall in to, to the circle? So. Yeah, and it, it's weird to think, because, like, when I, after everything we've discussed about Wendigo, it almost sounds more like it's just they become more and more savage and animalistic the more they eat human flesh mm-hmm. versus but then it's also like they're getting bigger and stronger mm-hmm. and are you know growing talons basically claw like <laughs> weapons on their hands yeah so it's like yeah to a certain extent that is shape-shifting but it's just like they're becoming a more evil version of themselves yeah well, and it's, again, it becomes, like, this uh, figure, like, humanoid figure, right? But yeah. with skinwalkers, it's interesting because most of the mythos that I've seen surrounding it is that they're frequently seen as coyotes, right. wolves, foxes, eagles, yeah. owls, crows, like, things that are yeah. not to be trusted. Yeah. There's I read a hint tricksters. Yeah. Quote, unquote, yeah. trickster animals. Which is very interesting, too. Yeah. 
But there, there are rumors that they could theoretically steal the face of someone else as right. well. And mm-hmm. that is, I think, where the overlap kind of is between Wendigo and Skinwalkers is yeah. you can take someone else's face and basically, you know, pull an identity theft. Yeah. And just go for it. Yeah. Um, that's a good transition into our Reddit encounters. Yes. Should I go first or yeah. do you want to read you first? You should go first. Okay. <laughs> Uh, disclaimer here, we're going to take these stories with a grain of salt because Reddit is obviously very full of storytellers as we've learned, you know, doing this podcast for over a year and doing a lot of Reddit deep dives and seeing the stories that could be true. And then the ones that are just so outlandish that you're like, oh, he's trying to write a book. So I did encounter a lot of those this time and... I didn't include the super outlandish ones, but some of the ones we'll be discussing are definitely more of like a storybook kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. And but you know what? That doesn't mean it's not fun to tell these stories and going into spooky season. Like just imagine like you're listening to a book on tape, you know? Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Our first one is titled What Did My Brother See in the Forest? Posted by user American Water Lily on September 16th, which was yesterday. I'm sorry. What? No. But what he's talking about happened 20 years ago. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) I'll admit, I never thought I'd be posting here. I'm pretty skeptical about the supernatural, and I'd rather not have any firsthand experiences. This happened almost 20 years ago when my brother was six and I was five. We used to live in an extremely wooded and rural area that was formerly a part of Native American land. Not sure which tribe since I was so young. He and I loved to be outside and explore the area for hours at a time. Our backyard didn't have a fence and went back far enough to reach the forest. I was always worried about wolves, and so I never went in there. My brother was a bit of a daredevil for his age and had no issues going past the tree line and out of sight. That all changed one evening. It was late summer, so the sun was slowly setting. It was maybe 7.30 at night, give or take. He and I were once again outside with him going into the woods again. I stayed behind to watch the sunset when out of nowhere he came running back screaming and crying. I didn't know if he had gotten stung by a bee or saw a bobcat or pretty much any scenario that could run through a five-year-old brain. I remember asking him what happened and he finally told me he saw a quote really scary looking deer. At our age this was enough of a description to make me go back inside. He was pretty shaken up for a few days and he still brings it up every now and then. After learning more about cryptids in Native American history, I thought I'd share this and see if any of you had any clues as to what it may have been. To the best of my understanding, it was not a normal deer. Sure, we were young, but to this day, I've never seen my brother so terrified. So there's there it is again with the antlers, though. <laughs> That's really interesting. Well, in, in general, I think, like, cryptids... Mm-hmm. I always feel like cryptids have the antlers. yeah. Like, whenever I hear them depicted, like, or just seen, it's always, like, weird deer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And did, okay. were there any comments on top of that story at all? All the comments were either, like, oh, you're a storyteller, or, like, it was probably this or this. Um, yeah, like, trying to explain and, it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> nothing that was worth sharing. But um, yeah. it made me think, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie called The Ritual. No. It takes place in Sweden. Great. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) And these people go on this, like, backpacking adventure together. It's a group of men. Yeah, less liking in this. And they're trying to walk to this, wherever they're staying, like a resort or something. Um, But it's kind of like a long trek to get there. And I guess that's part of the trip. So they're, like, camping and walking to this place. Mm -hmm. And one of them steps in, like, like a hole in the ground and like really hurts his knee. And one member of the group decides that they should take a shortcut through the woods. (laughs) Horrible idea. Because they're like on like this ridge, right? Where you can like, it goes down to the valley where the woods are. So, so it looks short. It's like, oh, it's a shortcut. Because they would have to walk a lot further to go around to get to the resort. Or they could cut through the woods. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. And everybody's like, no, let's not do that. But of course they do. Yeah. And they start having visions and then getting peeled off one by one. Mm. And they find this ramshackled 
old looking house in the middle. It's very Blair Witch, but like in Sweden. So like think Blair Witch mixed with like Nordic. Nope. I, I refuse. <laughs> yeah. It was really scary. Um, but basically at the end, because I know you're not going to watch it. So spoiler alert. If you want to watch the ritual, you should. And then you can fast forward a little bit because I'm going to spoil it. Turns out they're being hunted by this like Viking god. No. <laughs> Um, but he looks like a just massive deer with these antlers. Oh, wow. And, like, there was, like, all these, like, little witch-looking things in the top part of the house. And, like, they found one of their friends, like, naked up there, like, looking like he was worshipping whatever it was. And they get taken by this group of, like, basically, essentially a cult that sacrifices people to this god so that they can live on the outskirts of this forest. So who got sacrificed? The one that suggested? Only one of them lived. Dang, all of yeah. them died? All of them. Um, yeah. Wow. Except for one. Is it the one that initially suggested going to No, he died. <laughs> Good. <laughs> he died. Um, but it was very scary. But the the thing looked like what I would imagine, a, like, this depiction of Wendigo with the antlers on it. Mm. Like, very, very big, demonic-looking deer with these scary-ass antlers. Can you show me a picture? Ooh. That thing. <laughs> What is that? That thing, thing looked at its back. And I was like, oh. spikes coming out of its back. <laughs> Norse, Norse mythology. That's oh, it. God. Oh, I hate the, the motor. The motor. The. <laughs> no. Dislike. Don't look this up, guys. This is horrible. But it's a great but movie. But it is, it is what I would envision as like, it, like if, it, if a Wendigo was more beast like yeah. this is what i would it looked, envision it, it to be it, ha- it looks like a horse right but then it has these like little arm things coming down Ew. okay is that just something hanging out of its maw though like no it, those are its actual arms because i remember it doing shit in the, in the trees <laughs> oh, it looks so fucking oh, so freaky oh my god okay next yeah oh see see because it's holding some guy by the head up. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's what I envisioned the it Wendigo to look like. It looks like he's gonna like. give him a kiss. <laughs> yeah, a kiss of death. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's what that story made me think of. So I'm glad that that child escaped. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, I have the next story for us, and it's called "Don't Read It While I'm." Oh, well, I guess you know about these already. I'm, I'm not gonna read a lot. Okay. I okay. Uh, this one is called It's Been Watching Us Sleep, posted by the user This Internet 7098 on 9 13, 2023. So, also recently. Yeah. I used to believe it was just my mind playing tricks on me, and now I'm not so sure. When I was around 11 and my cousin was 14, we went upstairs after a family gathering and everyone had gone home. It was just me, him, and his dad, who was a dead sleeper. So around 11.30 at night, we were simply playing a few games of Fortnite. Oh, so this is, this is recent. <laughs> yeah, they must not be that old. They, must, they could still be teenagers. Yeah. Uh, Till we started hearing footsteps coming from downstairs before it abruptly stopped. We then heard a deep growl coming from the stairs for around 10 minutes before it stopped. Footsteps and growling. Growling for 10 minutes? That's a long time. Yeah, it was probably like a really low rumbling growl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, 10 minutes is a fucking long time. Yeah. So we decided to close the door, thinking almost nothing of it, until his dog began barking loudly nonstop. So we decided to see what was happening, and we both began moving slowly down the stairs until we saw that the front door was wide open. So we quickly closed it and began walking towards where the dog was near the back porches, which was also wide open. So both the front and the back door were open. That's great. Thanks, Reddit. (laughs) Us both are now basically shitting our pants as we stood there frozen. We began hearing the sounds of sticks snapping until it stopped and began growling once again. Then we finally heard it as it caked out to me. Nini, where are you? It was the sound of my father's voice, and I knew it wasn't him. It sounded distorted as if it was playing on a loop. 
Yet me and my cousin still stood there frozen before my cousin spoke up. Isn't your dad in Texas? I slowly turned and looked at him. The voice stopped and we started to hear loud footsteps as they grew closer to the porch. I immediately slammed the door and locked it. We both ran back up the stairs and into his room, locking the door behind us. We eventually calmed down and turned on the room lights after around three hours of sitting next to each other on his bed, crying silently. But we once again began hearing a low growl from his window, but we were on the second floor, so it didn't make sense. I looked over at the window slowly, and I swore... I saw something large zipping through the trees, and once again we began hearing my father's voice again, repeatedly screaming my nickname. At that point, we didn't know what to do. So we found a sheet, covered the window with it, and the screaming stopped as we sobbed under the blankets. We eventually fell asleep, and once we woke up, we kept it to ourselves, believing, hoping that it was just our sleep-deprived minds. The sheet is still there as of today. I don't know what that thing was, but I don't think that they should live in the mountains anymore. Well, there's not much you can do about that. They're going to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially in this economy. <laughs> How are you going to move? <laughs> oh, God. They didn't save the dog. They didn't say anything about the dog. They both ran upstairs. Did the, did and the dog leave the house? No. Oh, okay. But the dog was downstairs barking, and then they were like, we just ran upstairs and locked the door. And, and they I'm, just left the dog down well, there. Well, or the dog came with them, but they didn't, yeah, specify, they didn't specify, so to be fair. like they, I, think the, I think the dog's okay. I think they would have said but otherwise. The, yeah, I would think so. But the fact that this thing also, like, I mean, it tracks that it's in the trees and yeah. was up on the second floor, and it seemed like was trying to get in to find them yes and in the supernatural episode that survivor talked about how it went into their cabin it unlocked the cabin yeah yeah doors were open i hate mm, no chills i'm sorry chills i'm like no i'm good oh boy all right what's the next one the next one one. is just called possible encounter posted by user bratty bunny 710 and they posted it three months ago Last night at about 2 a.m., my dog started barking viciously. It's always how it starts. (laughs) Uh, I have a German Shepherd. She's a guard dog, so I'm no stranger to aggressive barks. But this was the most intense behavior I had ever seen before. She was barking at the door, so my first thought was there's an intruder at the door. Again, I really have never heard her behave like that. I thought about getting a weapon. I was really scared someone might be at the door, but then I remembered that my cat was outside, so maybe it was my cat making a fuss. Even if it was an intruder, my dog would kill someone to protect me. I looked through our peephole, but no one was there, so I opened the door. My dog had been barking the whole time. When I opened the door, instead of going out to sniff around like she usually does, she planted herself in front of me and got even louder. She was guarding me. I have never seen anything like it from her. I looked out to see what it could be, and then I saw it. The first thing I noticed were the eyes. It was like when you shine a light on an animal's eyes, sort of glowing in the nighttime darkness. I then noticed the antlers and thought it must be a deer. But then I realized its face looked about nine feet above the ground. Oh, no. (laughs) Then I noticed its body. I could make the outline and could tell it was was fur, but it was standing in a human-like position, hunched over almost on its hind legs. I have never been so terrified. As soon as I realized I was looking at something paranormal, I slammed the door and shut all of my windows and locked all the doors and hid under the sheets like I was a little kid. I am still shaken up. I can't stop thinking about it. I haven't fallen asleep tonight because every time I close my eyes, I see it. I'm curious what this creature was. I know the appearance of the Wendigo is debated and seems to be a bit controversial, but I am still terrified by what I saw. If anyone has any information relative to my story, I would love some insight. Thanks to whoever believes me. Oh, man. <sighs> Ugh. Ugh. Now it just makes me confirm like I want a dog. Also, where did the cat go? As you can <laughs> yes. Don't say much about the cat. I guess maybe the cat wasn't really, she wasn't really accounted for. Maybe she was hiding under the bed or something. I mean, samesies. Yeah. Like, oh my God. God. That's terrifying. 
I would just, I would hate, that's a a part of me is like, this is why I don't like camping. Like, I don't, I, if I were to go camping, okay, which I haven't been since I was younger, I would have to be a glamper and also be in a campsite where there's other people. There's no way in hell I am going to a campsite where no one else is remotely it's been a long time since i've gone remote camping i want to say back in 2016 when i worked at jesus camp (laughs) and i've told that story on the pod before about Mm -hmm. well not when i worked there but um the year before when they scared the living bejesus out of these kids because where we did go camping there was nobody else around we were actually pretty close to the highway so, like, we could have, if there had been an emergency, obviously, that's, like, we're not going to go too far in because we have kids we had to take care of. Right. So, it's been a, re- I don't know if I've ever gone, like, super remote camping before, but I did go camping back in May, and it felt, like, we were on the edge of a forest, but mm-hmm. we were also, like, in the backyard of this guy's, he lived on this land that had horse stables, so, like, we could see the horses and, like, his, there's, like, a bunch of trailers around, so I didn't, we didn't feel like we were... Super remote or anything. Right, right. But I also wouldn't go wandering in them woods alone. Yeah, no. (laughs) No. No, no. Because you will get ripped apart by a Wendigo. So the last Reddit story that we have for today is just labeled the Wendigo encounter. Posted by user before C-O-N or C-0-N B-3-4-T-D-0-W-N. One year ago. Um, before Con beat down. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I No idea, but yeah. It's spelled in a very interesting way. Uh, so this one, this user claims to be a member of the First Nation. Oh, God. I, uh, Ojibwe Chippewa? Thank you. Tribe. That's how I'm guessing it's pronounced. Yeah, I did not want to butcher that. Um. So, yeah, I just put that because... Obviously, it's Reddit. You never know whenever uh, how true right. anything is. But right. um, in the case that this person is part of a First Nation tribe, this is coming from a perspective of somebody with that background. Yeah. So, I've been debating on sharing this story with anyone outside of my circle of people that were there. But I want to share my experience in hopes that it saves someone's life or to give understanding of what someone else has experienced. Late fall 2010, in northern Canada, I went deep into the wilderness with my father and my eldest brother to hunt for moose. We left in the early morning, just before sunrise, trying to cover as much distance as possible before nightfall. We traveled winding rivers and had to repeatedly portage over rapids all day, so we decided to set up camp just uh, just over halfway to our destination. My father figured that we'd make the rest of the journey tomorrow. Well, when everyone was bedding down for the night, I decided to go grab some firewood and relieve myself by the bank of the river, just out of the light from the campfire. Out from the tree, about 15 yards away, the tree line, I could hear rustling in the bushes. I watched the area where I heard the noise and focused on that spot. I felt kind of funny, kind of dizzy, lightheaded, and I could smell this putrid stink like old milk or rotten food. Then I saw the tree start to morph and move ever so slightly and began to take the shape of a head and slight facial features. My eyes began to adjust to the darkness, and along the tree line I could hear this voice coming from there. I recognized it. The voice sounded like one of my relatives who had recently passed. The face took the shape of my relative. Hello, they said. I've missed you. Come see me. I smiled and stepped forward a bit, but stopped to analyze the situation. My relative's face stopped smiling and became emotionless. The skin began to turn pale and peel away. Chunks of flesh from their cheeks began to fall away, and I felt shock and fear overwhelm my body. I couldn't make sense of it all, so I started to back away and make my way to camp. I didn't realize at the time that I had been walking towards the voice, and I was further away from the firelight. 
The voice became angry and began shouting at me to come here. So I turned to run away, but as I looked back one more time, I saw the most disgusting thing I had ever seen. It was rotting flesh on gnawed bone, caved in eyes, and a hollow chest cavity. This humanoid creature was tall and super thin. I ran as fast as I could, trying to yell for help, but the fear had made my voice quiet and raspy. I ran along the riverbank, and I could hear the heavy breaths and the stomping feet of this thing right behind me. I made it onto the top of the riverbank, but it grabbed hold of my leg as I jumped. I gripped and tore the grass, trying to lift myself and yelled as loud as I could. Then finally, my voice came back, and I yelled that someone has my leg. My brother woke up and ran over to where I was, then he pulled me up and took me over to the fire. I was terrified, trying to explain what I saw and that it looked like my relative, but not. I was trying to convince them that I wasn't seeing things, but my brother nodded his head and said, I saw it too, I know. That solidified it. He acknowledged that it was real. We stayed up all night after that, rifles loaded and close by. We packed up when the sun was coming up and went back home. We haven't shared that story with anyone outside of fear of being labeled crazy or liars. I've had nightmares. I couldn't sleep for months afterwards. I would see things or dark figures looking into my window or hear whispers when I was walking home at night. Eventually, I was seeing this dark figure daily. I went to a medicine man or shaman to, to get help, but I've learned that the ceremonies only relieve it temporarily. Friends have given me everything from protection pouches to certain crystals. I found out there is a strong possibility that I encountered a Wendigo. I learned that if you encounter one and survive... It attaches itself to you like a parasite. I learned that it could only do this if it touches you, which it did. Ever since that night, I've been on edge when I enter any forest or wooded area, which sucks because I loved being outdoors, hunting, and in nature. Now I always feel like I need to keep my back against something when I'm out in the wild. Anyways, make your own conclusions about this. I've paid a price for being an ignorant child of the stories of the old. They are real, and I can attest to that. Stay safe, everyone. How could he even go into the woods again after that? I would never. Which, is, it does suck, because I love trees, and I love the woods, and I love to walk about. But <sighs> after something traumatic like that? I think it's one thing if you go during the day, because maybe there's some sense, unless it happens to you during the day, but a lot of these stories are at night. Yeah. Which is fair, because that's when it hunts better, clearly, yeah. and supernatural. It still hunts during the day, and you still don't see it, so that's worse. I think I would have a harder time going back into the woods if I encountered it during the day um because then i would assume if it was if it happened to me during the day it's going to be worse at night yeah so right but yeah that's huh, the fact that it represented their relative that, that's what i'm saying like that is purely evil manipulative magic right there exactly and it's like come here yeah. i've missed you yeah. Come to And that's me. like when I first read this and I was still kind of figuring out the differences between a Wendigo and a Skinwalker. I was like, that feels very Skinwalkery to me. Um, but because I'm learning that Wendigos are also a lot more s- smart and capable than I originally thought. It makes them a formidable monster, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, I actually, because I am actually terrified of Wendigos, like... In general, I am not a fan of. This is probably like the one of the more scary monsters of Supernatural, to be honest. Like they, I watched this episode and I still get chills every time. It's also the second episode of the entire series, so it's like they're starting off with a bang and it stays with you. It does. Like I, there are so many episodes of this series, and that is the one that I remember the best. Yeah. So I tried to 
embody that horror as a dungeon master in my D&D campaign. Did you scare yourself a little? Uh, <laughs> I, I set it up really well, and um, my players in my campaign can probably attest they're like, Nikki, you're a psychopath, but like, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I, I threw three wen- Wendigos at them, and then an elder Wendigo at level three. <laughs> Level three. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they weren't not. <laughs> Was it a TPK? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, they did really well because they had fire, so they did well, super, and super that, well. That is like what <laughs> learning is. Basically, the best way to kill a one to go is fire. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So that brings us to our paranormal protection tip of the week. I'm bringing you another crystal fact slash tip this week. Um, You should get your hands on some selenite. As selenite can clear any negative energies, it is the perfect crystal to position at your front door or entrance to your apartment. And this way, you can literally leave all the negativity or blocked energy you have experienced throughout the day at your door. And so a lot of people will get like one of the cylindrical or like... um, it's like the long crystals, and they'll put mm. it on top of their door frame. Oh, and okay, yeah, yeah. keep it balanced. Oh, yeah, I and one of my good some. friends that visited me a couple mm-hmm. weekends ago, she brought hers. Aww. I was like, ooh, so this is what that looks like. It looks kind of like uh, clear quartz, but it's more translucent. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's very pretty. Sweet. But yeah. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode today, Nikki. You're it was so much fun. I I've been missing recording, and I was a little anxious because I didn't know how it was going to go. But it was great, as was the last one you were on. So no, I'm always happy to talk about the supernatural spooky shit with yeah. you, Betsy. Yeah, it was great. So thanks so much to you guys for listening, and you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at DFWG Podcast, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash DFWG Podcast. Shout out to our patrons, Nikki, Brittany, Jeremiah, Tom, Jennifer, Joanna, and Katie. Uh, you can send in your encounters to our email at, g- at dfwgpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a moment, please take some time to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple because it really helps get our podcast noticed. So remember to carry a lighter. <laughs> carry a lighter. <laughs> and uh, aerosol spray. <laughs> aerosol spray. You know, a makeshift flamethrower if yep. you're in the woods. You know, just in case. Yes. Keep your selenite <laughs> over your door frame. And always stay away from Ouija boards. Bye!